Charles, my two-year-old son, has just learned a new phrase. Good as new. (laughs) It comes from a cartoon that he watches where the medic, a penguin, will declare various sea creatures that he treats to be good as new as soon as the penguin affixes a bandage or an ointment to the affected spot. Charles, in true toddler form, applies this maxim liberally. Goldfish on the floor? Just sweep them up. Good as new. Then he'll swipe one out of the dustpan and pop it in his mouth for good measure. Crayon marks on the wall? Surely a wipe will make them good as new. Tender herbs ripped out of pots with dirt all around? Let's just stuff them back in. Good as new. While my Midwestern heart resonates deeply with this sentiment that just a bit of glue or elbow grease can erase any defect, a piece of me wonders how to teach my child as I myself am still trying to learn and accept, that the biggest, most important things in life aren't really ever good as new again in the same way, but that when something else rises in its place, it can be different and new in its own way and deeper, though perhaps heavier, for it. There's the example of this style of Japanese pottery called kintsugi. They take broken vessels, ornate and perfect before they were reduced to shards, and artists glue the pieces back together, lining the cracks with gold. Is it good as new? The cracks remain. They're even highlighted rather than glossed over. And the impeccable pattern and vision of the original artist is interrupted by these cracks and lines covering their vessel. But can you imagine that the new piece might be more beautiful, more accessible for bearing its story on its face? It might even be better than new. A friend of mine lost her grandmother to cancer when she was a freshman in high school. At the funeral, her Grandpa gave her his wife's watch. He entrusted this family heirloom to a 14-year-old. She wore it every single day of her life for more than 15 years, more than half her lifetime. And one day, having taken it off to go for a run to work out, she lost it. It was a nice watch, the sort that she should have had insured, but she didn't. 
For two years, she took on extra side jobs in order to save up for an identical watch, wondering all the time whether it would feel like a forgery when the new used one was finally on her wrist. The day that it arrived, she burst into tears, she told me, when the familiar heft was back on her wrist. And she realized, she said, that it wasn't less rich or less real for being a different piece of machinery. The timepiece was both her grandmother's watch a family heirloom, and a tie to the woman who had so inspired her young life. And it was also a witness to her own grit and determination, her own faithfulness and perseverance, a tangible reminder of the constancy that she sometimes wondered if she possessed. Was it good as new? It might have even been better than new. We come then to Jesus' risen body. Have you ever wondered that his post-resurrection body still has nail marks in its hands and feet, a spear wound? In his side? Why didn't God, when he was drawing the breath of life back into Jesus' human flesh, just wave his fingers and erase those scars? Good as new. Wouldn't it be better, less upsetting, more hopeful to just ignore the recent unpleasantness and move on to Easter brunches and egg hunts and chocolate overdoses without the bloody scabs of torture staring us in the face. There's a great dissonance between the pastel perfection of smooth eggs nestled in fresh, bright grass and the blackened marks of deep, bloody wounds hardly dried over. The colors of Easter and spring and new life are not the jewel tones or the shadowed hues of travail. The visual signals that surround us on this day in demure flower buds and light-colored dresses don't communicate the ferocity of death or the turmoil of new life. Indeed, it takes an awful lot of intellectual discipline and imagination to put ourselves in the place of those beloved companions of Jesus on that very first Easter morning. Our reality is so shaped, our history and sense of the world is so 
imprinted with the resurrection of Jesus from the dead that it can't help but color our reading and our reflection on the witness given to us in John's gospel this morning. We know what awaits Mary and Peter and John at the tomb. We know what happens to the body and spirit of their beloved companion. We know the ripples that come from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth here in Dallas, Texas, over the intervening 2,000 years. So it can be difficult to comprehend the uncertainty of these first disciples, their fear at the moment, that moment, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. She had no idea, no reason to think that she would encounter a Jesus who was good as new, who, despite or because of the nail marks and the spear wound, was indeed better than new. Mary went to the tomb expecting broken pottery, expecting the lifeless body of her beloved companion, expecting in the darkness to find more darkness. And yet, she went. Mary chose to go straight to the middle of her pain and her darkness, to face exactly the thing that was most terrifying and disorienting and most confounding, the thing that unmoored her very identity. And when she walked into the middle of this great, heavy, lightless, lifeless place, she was rewarded with a vision better than a vision as she could hold on to, literally cling to her teacher and Lord Jesus, and that he was better than new. Because he was the same Lord, the same Jesus, the same body that had endured each lash from a whip and each long dinner party, had walked with her all over Galilee and had laid those very hands on children, and on crippled people, and the destitute. The hope of Easter is not erasing the marks and scars of pain in our hearts and in our lives. If God did not erase the pain of the cross from the body of his own son, there's no reason to imagine that he would erase the pain of our lives from our own memories or our own history. The hope of Easter 
is that God takes the nail marks and the spear wounds and the broken shards of our lives and puts back together a new life for each one of us with greater strength, a more sturdy hope, and with deeper love. Amen.